Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Uh, I'm super pumped to dive into this one. It's going to be another Q&A, so we got five uh, really good questions to talk about today. I'll run you through the five questions, and then we can get right to it. So uh, first question is going to be, my loved ones mock me for living a healthy lifestyle. How do you deal with it? So we'll talk about some strategies you might be able to use, and just in general, uh, how that sucks. <laughs> and I'm sorry to hear that. Question number two, I'm trying to drink a gallon of water a day. Does coffee count? So we'll talk about what actually is going to count for you to try and be as hydrated as you possibly can. Uh, question number three, thoughts on calorie cycling for a bulk or for a maintenance period. Normally we talk about calorie cycling in, you know, the 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 lens of weight loss, but can you use that for uh, trying to maintain your weight or gain weight and build muscle? We'll talk about that. Question number four, what are some tips on staying motivated? And, uh, you know, I think that's a big question, a big problem a lot of people have. So we'll dive into some things that may work for you. Um, and lastly, when cutting, so when trying to lose body fat, should you still be trying to implement progressive overload or should you just be trying to maintain while in a calorie deficit? So we'll talk about the training aspect of fat loss and really what you should be trying to do and what you should be trying to maximize with your training in order to make as much progress as you can. So uh, we're going to dive into all of that real quick before we do. I want to let you know, I have a big announcement coming in August. Okay. And I just want to, I want to put it on your radar Right now, um, I am going to be opening coaching applications back up uh, and taking on some new clients. I honestly, you know, with the people that I work with and have worked with in the past and through all of the interactions I have on social media, which is like, I don't know, hundreds to thousands of them a week. Um, I know that fall tends to be the most difficult time of year to make all of this stuff work, to stay on track with whatever your fitness or health goal may be. So if you're trying to build muscle, if you're trying to burn fat, lose weight, get in a healthier routine, it can be really difficult. Um, I'm a big sports fan. So I think I, you know, in addition to connecting with people that want to do stuff with their training and nutrition, I talk to a lot of people who, you know, are also sports fans because uh, we, we kind of connect that way. And I know football season, you know, throws a big monkey wrench into everything. So uh, football season starts, you got tailgates, you got games to go to, maybe you're going to road trips. You got lots of get togethers with friends, family to watch the game. And, uh, you know, very rarely are those <laughs> situations designed for health. Um, and that's okay. They don't need to be, shouldn't have to be, uh, but you know, it does present some challenges. Um, and obviously then the deeper you get into fall, you're going to run into the holiday season with Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, that type of stuff. So it can just be challenging. And I want, I'm going to be opening things up. I will let you know as soon as I set a date for when coaching applications are going to open. But I, I want to open things up for, for you if you're interested in getting help, if you're interested in putting a program together and working together so that I can help you stay on track and really not even just stay on track, but actually maximize what you can do uh, as we head into the fall and, and just help you be able to game plan for different situations uh, and make sure that things are aligned and strategized and prepped um, and executed the way that they should be to continue working you in the right direction. So if you're interested, please stay tuned. And there is a link to my coaching page in the show notes of this episode. You could check that out um, if you want to 
learn more about coaching, uh, what our interactions and relationship would be like if we worked together. Um, so that is in the show notes. I want to just let you know, you can check that out if you want to. Um, but with that said, let's dive into the Q&A. I got these questions from a recent Q&A I did on Instagram. So if you're not following me there, make sure you do. Uh, I'm Chris Gates Fitness on Instagram and I'm Chris Gates Fitness everywhere. <laughs> so if you are on the internet and you want to find me somewhere, especially on social media, just look for my business name, Chris Gates Fitness, and you'll find me. Um, so let's dive into the first question. My loved ones mock me for living a healthy lifestyle. How do you deal with it? I can relate to this one on a personal level because when I decided to start taking my training and nutrition more seriously and start to make a change in in my body and my health, um, I dealt with a lot of blowback as well from family and friends. You know, I was uh, on on the smaller end, so I, I dealt with a lot of like the comments about you know just teasing me for being small and how I could never build muscle uh, or or look the way that I wanted to look, and then you know when I would go to family events and, you know, maybe refrain from eating certain foods because I wanted to eat as nutritious food as I possibly could, uh, or going out with friends. And then afterwards, not going to get like $5 slices of pizza and just going home and cooking something for myself. Um, it was, there were a lot of uncomfortable moments and a lot of moments where like, I could have let people say things that pushed me in, in the wrong direction or the direction that I didn't want to go. Um, sometimes I did let those comments push me in a direction I didn't want to go. And it takes a lot of time to, and, and, and resiliency and, um, you know, belief in what you are doing and what you want to achieve to just keep moving yourself in that direction. So I totally feel for you. I know how this can be. And what I'll really say is there is no solution. You know, you can't, uh, how do I want to say this? You can't adjust other people's behavior. Like you can't control the way people are going to react, the way people are going to interact with you, what they're going to say. There's you can't do anything about that. You can't control the way they're thinking. Um, so this is really part of the process for you and something you kind of just have to wade your way through despite how uncomfortable it may be. And all I will say is that the more you are committed and consistent with your approach and the things that you want to do, I promise it will get easier. The easier it will get over time. Uh, people are always going to have thoughts and feelings and opinions and think that you need to hear them and they're going to share them with you, especially early on. Um, and typically what happens is you have a first month or two that are kind of uncomfortable, but then once people see you continuing to be consistent with things, the comments slowly die down and then people just kind of settle into the new you. But you have to understand that like the new you, the things that you want to do, if those are a change in how you used to operate, it's going to be not only a change for you, but also a change for your loved ones, the people that you are around quite often. Um, so change for you will be change for them. And I think we all know that change for anybody typically tends to be uh, a bit difficult at first. People do not like change. And uh, it, when you are a person that they interact with a lot, whatever change you're making for yourself, then they may think like, oh, well, I can't ask so-and-so to go to this place or that place or this place. You know, we, can, we can't go out to dinner anymore. We can't go get drinks because he or she is doing something different and leaving me behind. Like there is, I mean, probably a certain level of uh, empathy you you are going to have to have for them, even if the things that they're saying and the ways that they're making you feel are things that you don't like. 
you, you do have to understand that. Okay. Um, and also understand that, you know, the more empathetic you are with the way that they're feeling and understanding of their actions and words and, and how they're interacting with you, the more understanding and empathetic you are with that type of stuff, that that will help the comments uh, die down over time. And, and it, it, what is also going to help those comments die down, and I've already said it, is being consistent with your approach. Y- if you, if every time somebody says something about like, oh, well, you don't do this anymore. And then you're like, all right, you know what? Fine. I'll do it. We can have, you know, we can go house up uh, an entire pizza together or something like that. The, the more you kind of give in to those comments, it's just going to make them want to make those comments more because they know like, okay, he or she says they're doing this, but like, I know I can get them to do what I want to do. So you, you, you do have to kind of dig your heels in and commit to what you want and what you know is right for you. And the more consistent you are with that, it's kind of like anything else that we always talk about on this podcast, right? Like consistency leads to results. So it's not only just showing up and lifting weight. It's not only showing up and prepping the meals and eating the way that you're supposed to, but then like with these people and these interactions that you have, the more consistent you are, the more you dig in and, and buy into your own new plan and lifestyle the more they will adjust to it, the easier and quicker that adjustment will happen. And you'll see those comments uh, hopefully die off over time. For the vast majority of people, that's what will happen. You will always have those one or two other people that are in your life and they are just highly insecure and they may never adjust to you being you or doing this new thing for yourself. And, And that's just kind of the way it goes, you don't, that doesn't mean you have to eliminate that person from your life. Like if it's your mom or dad or somebody like that, you're not going to cut them out of your life. But you know, this kind of applies to anything too. Like the more somebody says something and like, if it differs from what you believe in or what, what you think, the more the person says that thing, you kind of tend to think about it less or take it, you, you take it less seriously over time. The more that they just say the stupid shit that they're saying, Um, and that'll happen for you too. And it'll be easier. And you'll kind of just shrug it off more and more over time. Um, but like going back to the example of me, uh, you know, cause I, I mean, I have a client deal with, I actually have a couple of clients dealing with this exact situation right now. And I've, I've made some social media posts on it. I don't want to put their, their lives out there. So I'll just continue to relate this to me. Um, I don't get those comments anymore. And actually now I have tons of family and friends coming to me, asking for coaching, asking for help, asking questions. Um, so it kind of, you know, over time, you don't really notice like, here's the pivot point. Now everything's better, but over time it kind of does just get better. Um, and I think a big reason that it got better was because I was consistent. I dug my heels in. I stuck to what I believed was best for me. And I did have, like I said, I did have those slip-ups early on, but over time, um, got more consistent with what I really wanted to do. And then it helped everybody else just understand it. That's Chris. That's who he is now. And that that'll happen for you too. You just got to be consistent with it. Question number two, I'm trying to drink a gallon of water a day. Does coffee count? This is an interesting question. And I post relatively frequently on social media about drinking water because I think a lot of people don't understand how positively it can impact your health. Um, Regular hydration, I think people just think like, I need to be hydrated. I know I got to drink more water. Okay, I'll drink a little bit more water today. But like the... The things that drinking enough water can do for your overall health and longevity are dramatic. These are not things you're going to notice. Like you can drink a lot of water consistently, uh, you know, for a little bit of time and then you start to feel yourself 
just feeling better, right? Feeling more energetic, feeling a little bit healthier. And that's great. But the, the vast majority of the benefits you're going to get from drinking enough water every day, you're probably not going to notice. You're probably not going to see, but they're there. And, you know, that's kind of like, why do we exercise? Well, for one, it helps you with blood pressure and you're never going to see your blood pressure until you go to the doctor like once a year and they take your blood pressure. Um, generally speaking, like you can't see that and you can't feel that, but it it's there. So drinking water, this is a similar thing in terms of how it relates to your health. Um, and before I go to answer this question, I'll just say like one of the ways I like to set water for my clients, if we decide that drinking water is a good goal to have and, and we want to set something specific for it, typically I say whatever your body weight is, divide that in half. So if you're 200 pounds, divide that in half. What's that number? 100. Okay. I want you to try to drink 100 ounces a day of water and get used to that. And that may take a long time for you to get used to, and that's okay. But once you get to that point, then you can look at incrementally adding more water to your daily routine. Um, now, there are obviously pros and cons of that method. That method works for most people. If you are severely overweight or obese, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So if you're, I don't know, 350 pounds, it's going to be hard to start off drinking 175 ounces of water a day. You know, that's, that's a little more difficult. But generally speaking, that's a great place to start. Um, or you could just get a water bottle that has the ounces on the side of it and drink that for a week. See what you end up averaging day to day to day um, across the week. And then for next week, try to add, I don't know, five to 10 ounces to that and do that slowly and incrementally more and more over time. Those are two great methods that can work for you. Um, now, does coffee count if you're trying to drink a gallon of water a day? So technically, yeah. It, 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 it can count if you want to count it um, because there's water in coffee and that's going to hydrate you. There are a lot of myths about how much coffee is going to dehydrate you. And it's really actually not the case. Um, coffee doesn't suck water out of your body. You know what I mean? So that water can count, but I think like you probably shouldn't count it. You should probably try to get an entire gallon of just good old fashioned high quality H2O. And then if you have coffee on top of that, that's great. That's fine. Cause think about like how much coffee are you really drinking a day? You get like a couple, I don't know, eight to 10 ounce cups of coffee. Maybe you get one like grande at Starbucks or something. That's not that many ounces of coffee. So like, I don't know if you're talking about 16 ounces of coffee so that you don't have to drink 16 ounces more of water. I don't know. I would say just like chug one glass of water when you wake up and that makes up for it. So it can count. I would say to not count it though, and try to just drink that gallon of water a day. Cause I think that's a great goal to start with. Um, and, and you'll find creative ways to get there over time. All right. Question number three, thoughts on calorie cycling for a bulk or a maintenance period. So let's first define what calorie cycling is. If you're new to the podcast, if, if you haven't heard about this type of strategy before, I actually have a module that I give to all of my clients that talks about calorie cycling, because I think it is one of the most beneficial ways to lose weight specifically, um, because it, it allows you to structure your week in a way that gets you in a calorie deficit for the week, 
but still gives you a ton of flexibility on days where you want or need it. So calorie cycling is where, like I just said, you view your calorie deficit across an entire week as opposed to each individual day. So the traditional way of getting in a calorie deficit and losing body fat, and I, I you know what, I'll actually relate this to me again, because I am in a fat loss phase. Um, I've lost 15 to 16 pounds right now through two months. And I've started using calorie cycling, but where my diet started was I was eating just a, a standard 2,300 calories a day, every single day. I lost a ton of weight doing that, lost a ton of body fat. It was really, really effective. Uh, honestly, pretty easy. Um, and it, it's very straightforward. It, there's, it, it's not hard to figure out what you have to do because you're eating the same amount of calories every day that gets you in a calorie deficit and you're losing weight and body fat. So that that's all good. Now, calorie cycling is where you take that number but add it up across the entire week. And that's actually what I'm doing now. So for those 2,300 calories that I was eating every single day, now I'm eating 2,100 calories Monday through Friday. And then on Saturday and Sunday, I get to eat 2,800 calories because I cut 200 calories from each of those five days, Monday through Friday, add up 200 times five, that's a thousand. So then I get to add 500 calories uh, to my days above what that calorie deficit number is. So an easy way to, to let's do some easy math here. Say your daily calorie deficit is 2000 calories. Um, that's 14,000 calories for the week. That means you can divide up those 14,000 calories and allocate them to each day of the week. However the hell you want. Now, the most common way to do it is having lower calorie days during the week, Monday through Friday, so that you can have higher calorie days on the weekend because most people do fun things or want that flexibility on the weekend, right? That makes the most sense. So you could, if your calorie deficit number is at 2000, once again, you could subtract 200 calories from each day. So you could eat 1800 calories Monday through Friday. Since you saved a thousand calories across those five days, you can take that add it to your weekend and break it up 500 more on Saturday, 500 more on Sunday. So the way you do it is, you know, your calorie deficit number is 2000, you know? So since you were 200 below that number, Monday through Friday, you get to add 500 on top of that number on the weekend. So 1800 Monday through Friday, and then 2,500 on Saturday, 2,500 on Sunday. Uh, calorie cycling is awesome for weight loss. Now, can you do it for a bulk? So a bulk would be when you're uh, in a calorie surplus. So you're eating more calories than your body needs. Typically, you're doing that because you want to build muscle. Or can you do that for maintenance when you want to maintain your weight? Um, let's start there with maintenance. I would say, yes, you, you can. So technically, you can do it for either one of these. For maintenance, I would say that one probably makes the more sense because you're you're maintaining your body weight, you're trying to maintain your physique. Um, you're still going to be eating a, a lower amount of calories than you would be if you're in a bulk. Um, so you're not trying to aggressively build muscle, build strength, anything like that. You're trying to maintain. I would say, you know what? Yeah, calorie cycling probably makes sense for being in maintenance. Calorie cycling for bulking, I would say, probably does not make sense. And the way I, I like to have, I want to have you picture this as like, think of a, a, a getting a drip on, the, on, a, on an IV. If you're hooked up to an IV and it's just constantly dripping, right? And giving you what you need. Uh, I kind of look at that as how you need to view calories and protein when you're in a bulk. Like, can you technically do calorie cycling? So like some days in a bulk, 
you're eating lower calories where you're at maintenance or maybe even a little bit of a deficit so that you can have really high calorie days other days, technically you can, but like the way to maximize your progress and recover and build as much muscle as you possibly can in a bulk is to kind of have that constant drip of getting enough calories, getting enough protein, being in a slight calorie surplus and doing that consistently day after day after day. Because when you're in a bulk, you should be training hard. You should be consistently training hard. And since you're consistently training hard, you need to also be consistently giving your body all of those raw materials, basically, that your body needs. So protein, fats, carbohydrates, enough calories, a slight calorie surplus, uh, getting enough sleep, you know, drinking water, doing all those things that matter and help you build muscle. You need to be doing those things consistently. And when we're talking about growth as opposed to, you know, cutting fat, it's, it's a bit more important to have that coming in consistently when you're actually trying to build new tissue in your body. Cause that's what a bulk is. Building muscle is, it's an amazing phenomenon where you're building tissue. Your body is adding tissue to itself and you're trying to get it to add a very specific type of tissue. So I would say for a bulk calorie cycling, cycling, I mean, you can, if you want to, but it's not going to give you the most optimal results. You're not going to see the most optimal progress. What will give you the most optimal progress is being in a very slight calorie surplus consistently, and probably eating just about the same amount of calories and protein every single day. Question number four, what are some tips on staying motivated? This is, man, I feel like everybody's biggest struggle or one of everybody's biggest struggles is just staying motivated enough to eat right, train consistently, be in the gym, go out for walks, do whatever you have to do to reach the goal or continue pursuing the goal that you have. Um, I've actually written an article on 10 tips on how to be more consistent. So if you if you Google Chris Gates Fitness, uh, how to be more consistent, you will find an article that I wrote that has a ton of details. I'm going to pull from a few of those here, but I would highly recommend you check that article out if, uh, uh, if you haven't before. And I'll try to remember to put a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, so... Okay, how to stay motivated. Like, I think there are a lot of things you could do. Here, here's here's one option. Um, just try to make sure you start each day with some type of healthy habit or start the day the right way. Like, those first few actions that you take every single day can really dictate what the entire day looks like for you. And if you're starting the day by, like, hitting the snooze alarm, sleeping in, waking up late, and then having a shitty breakfast, like, just, and you have enough time to microwave a pop tart or something like that. Like you're setting yourself up for not being motivated to do the things that you're supposed to do. So start each day with a healthy habit, like drink a tall glass of water, stretch, just staying off your phone could be really helpful. Um, have a high protein breakfast, like any one of these things can just get you started the right way and then help you feel a bit more motivated to do the other things that you have to do that day. So continue to have your diet fall in line the way that it should, or make sure you go to the gym today because you have a workout plan. Those are some things that that could possibly help with motivation. Tracking your progress, I think, can really help with motivation when it comes to fitness and nutrition, building muscle, burning fat, whatever it is you want to do. Because when you track your progress, it starts to just give you this whole journal of the things that are or are not working, you know, and especially like when things are working, like if you're tracking, you're trying to lose weight, you're tracking the scale and your waist measurements and your progress photos, and you're starting to see a little bit of change, you're, you're tracking all those things that matter. That's going to make you want to keep going. Like there's no way I have yet to meet anybody that like is trying to lose weight 
they take progress photos once a month. And when they see month to month that the, they're making progress, regardless of whatever the scale says, I have yet to meet anybody that like doesn't want to keep going. Right. And putting in that little extra effort, like once one or every one or two weeks, take a waist measurement. You may see that like the scale is not going down, but your waist is going down. Um, you know, every two to four weeks, take progress photos. So you could see the visual change that's happening. And like, it doesn't even have to be for weight loss. If you're trying to build muscle, uh, make sure you're writing down what you're doing in the gym. So for any of the exercises that you're doing, like if you're not journaling any of that, it can, it can be really hard to keep going. Cause you may think like if things may feel stale, you may feel like you're not making progress, but if you see like, oh shit, like I've added at least one to two reps on most of my exercises every single week for the past 12 weeks, then you're like, oh man, I'm making a ton of progress. I just, all I got to do is keep doing exactly what I'm doing. Those are things that can really make it easy to stay motivated and keep doing what you're doing. Um, finding a partner can help you be more accountable and, and knowing somebody else is in this with you that can help you want to keep going and keep doing the things that you're doing. That's super motivating. Um, what else is there? Don't I, you know, and this is a tough one, but it's, uh, and it, it maybe is counter to the question that you're asking, but like committing to not allowing yourself to make the excuse and go back to what I just said at the beginning of this with like, I set the snooze alarm too tired. I don't want to wake up, go to the gym or anything like that. Like, you're busy. You're tired. It's cold outside. The gym is 20 minutes away. You just don't want to like, don't allow yourself to make those excuses and commit to that. Um, because those excuses, once you start making them, it gets that much easier to make them more and more and more and more. And that's never going to help you be motivated to do the things that you want to do. Um, I think, you know, to go back to tracking your progress and journaling what you're doing, if you're setting both small goals and large goals. So at the end of this, like you want to be able to bench, I don't know, uh, one and a half times your body weight, or at the end of this process, you want to lose 20 pounds. Um, those are great goals and I hope that you achieve them, but those are very big goals too, right? That are going to take a lot of time for you to achieve. So if you're not setting small term goals along the way, again, you have nothing to, you, you, you have nothing to work towards other than this huge daunting, monstrous goal that's going to take you a really long time to reach. And, and you may feel lost throughout that process. You may feel unmotivated because you have a week where you don't lose weight or you have a week where you fail on benching and things feel like they're going in the wrong direction. But if you set small goals along the way, you have these wins that you can work towards. So you can check this off the, the list week after week after week. I'm checking things off the list and hitting these small goals. And you'll see those snowball into eventually getting you to the large goal that you have. So if you want to lose 20 pounds in three months, say like, okay, I'd like to try and average a half a pound to a pound lost a week. You know, something like that could be much easier for you to check off the list each week. Um, or I want to be 80% consistent with my diet. I want to eat two pieces of fruit and drink a bottle of water each day. Like those are, those are small goals that will work you towards your bigger goal and can help you stay more motivated because you know, you're doing the right things and they're tangible and they're easy to check off. Um, let's see, you know, if, if, if training is something that you have trouble getting motivated for, and it's because of how long you have to be there at the gym, I know that's something that can trip people up a lot. You just, are unmotivated to go be in the gym for hour, hour and a half, two hours. If that's the case, 
and time is a barrier for you, you should probably rethink how long you're working out and understand that you can get a lot of quality work in, in a 15 to 20 minute workout. And maybe you're much more motivated to show up to the gym to only work out for 15 to 20 minutes. And if you, you know, if you're able to hit a compound exercise, follow that up with some supersets, you can get a really high quality workout completed in a very short period of time. Um, so you could do that with your lifting. You could really do the same thing with cardio. If you got to do cardio one day, you could do some quick sprints on the bike or the elliptical or the treadmill. It's going to be really effective, really time efficient, less daunting, help you be more motivated to show up to the gym. Cause you know, you're only going to be there for a little bit of time. Um, that can always help as well. Um, and I guess the last thing I would say is like, in terms of being motivated, if you're not if you're not on a program, if you're just doing workouts, but you don't have an actual program put together for you, that's something to consider as well. And you can find programs online. I really think, obviously I'm a coach. I think there's a lot of benefit to actual coaching, hiring a coach, having them put a program together for you where you can see visually, like when I map out my programs for my clients, we, I set them up in a way where like you can visually see what, what you're supposed to do this week. And then like two, three, four, weeks down the line, where it's going to take you, where you're going to be in four weeks. And that's super motivating to know, like, if I just keep putting in the work, if I just keep doing what I'm supposed to do with my training, with my nutrition, all the things Chris has outlined for me, I know where I'm going to be in four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. Um, so getting on a program can be really motivating because you have accountability to a coach and you also know you, you have all the guesswork taken, taken away so that you know what you're doing is going to pay off if you stick to it over time. Um, that's a lot of stuff, but that, those are the things that come to mind when I think like, what are some tips on staying motivated? There's no hack. There's no, like nobody's motivated to do all this stuff all the time. And I think that's probably the, the, the important thing to mention here before we wrap this question up. Nobody is motivated to do this stuff all the time. Um, I, I am not motivated to train all the time, but I do it because I've done it long enough that it has become a habit. And I think those little things you can do to help you stay consistent will help you be more motivated. And then over time, you don't need motivation anymore because you've done this stuff consistently for so long that it just becomes part of who you are and what you do. And you make time for it. And it's one of the things you plan for and not one of the things that like you push off and push off and just try to avoid and never end up doing. Okay. Fifth and final question. When cutting, should you be trying to implement progressive overload or just maintain? So this is uh, a training question based on trying to lose weight, lose body fat. And progressive overload is um, really the key to trying to build muscle. And the, the reason this person asked this question is because typically when you're in a calorie deficit, you're losing body fat, losing weight, you really cannot build muscle. Um, and th there's some shades of gray to that. Some of that is true. Some of that's not like I, I, I have found actually way more people can build muscle and burn fat at the same time than people think. Um, because I don't know, think about it. Like the vast majority of people who train, who pick up weights, um, and, and want to, you know, start getting healthier, they haven't lifted consistently before. So when you're a beginner, you can actually build a lot of muscle regardless of what your diet looks like. Um, so I don't know, that's a little bit of a tangent, but like progressive overload is a key to building muscle where it's essentially just trying to train harder and harder over time. And that means seeing your performance improve in some way. So to progressively overload your muscles, um, we can pick any exercise. Let's talk about squats. If you're trying to progressively overload your squats, if you're doing three sets of eight 
with 135 pounds on the bar, that would mean next week you want to try to get at least one of those sets to maybe be through a set of nine. So you, you want to do at least one more rep. That's one way you can progressively overload. Or if you did three sets of eight with 135 pounds this week, next week, maybe you do three sets of eight with 140 pounds. So you add a little bit of weight. That's progressive overload. Maybe you did three sets of eight this week. Next week, you do four sets of eight with 135 pounds. That is progressive overload because you added another set. Adding slightly more work to your routine that shows that your performance is increasing week to week to week is progressive overload. And it's a key to building muscle, like I said. Now, when cutting, should you be trying to implement progressive overload? I say yes. Um, now, the reality of cutting and losing body fat is at some point, you will not be able to continue to increase your performance. So that's the reality of it. But I think, you know, especially early on in like that first month, um, even if you're experienced uh, with lifting and you've been at this stuff for a long time, you can continue to increase your performance for a little while. And so that first month, I think you still have a lot of opportunities to add and, and, and you might not be able to add as much as you normally would when you're in a calorie surplus or something like that, but you can increase your performance. Um, and I would say like, the best mentality you can have when you're cutting, even though you're in a calorie deficit, is to continue to try and push yourself as much as you possibly can. Like I said, you're going to hit a, a wall. You're eventually not going to be able to continue to progressively overload yourself. Your numbers are going to probably stall out and hopefully stay there. Sometimes you'll see performance decreases as well over time, depending on how long you're in a calorie deficit and how long you're cutting. Um, but the best thing you could do is do your best to try to progressively overload and try to increase your performance and put all of your effort into these training sessions, because what that's going to do is help you maintain as much of the muscle mass and strength gains that you have maintain as much of that as you possibly can. Like I said, maybe even early on, you build, still build a little bit of muscle or add a little bit of strength. Um, but your body, you need to be doing things in a cut that convinces your body that like we need to hold on to as much muscle as we possibly can. Uh, because muscle is tissue, just like body fat is tissue. You have tons of different types of tissues in your body. Your organs have tissues. Uh, now, you need to be doing things that are hard with your strength training routine to encourage your body to feel like it has to hold on to as much muscle mass as it possibly can Um because like, oh, okay, we're doing these really hard tasks day after day, week after week, got to hold on to muscle. Since we're in a calorie deficit, your brain says, where else can we go for the energy to get through this day? And you can actually maximize the amount of body fat you lose by doing that because your, 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 your body will go to utilizing body fat as an energy source. Um, so it's one of the best ways to actually lose as much body fat as you possibly can is to be trying to implement progressive overload in every single one of your training sessions. And again, you will hit a point where you eventually can't continue to increase your performance. And that's okay. I still want you to try. Um, Cause if you get into that mindset of just like maintaining, I've, I've seen this with clients. I've seen this honestly with myself years ago when I tried to do this stuff, like there's something about that mindset of, well, I can't do it anymore. So I'm just going to maintain. There's a complacency there where you just, Except, it's almost like you accept defeat and then you don't end up pushing yourself hard enough to even maintain because you just like view it as a loss. 
And, and I don't like that mindset. So I want you to continue to try and push yourself as much as you possibly can. And if you do, you're going to get the, mo the best results at the end. It's going to be very hard. It's going to be very, very hard. I don't want to sugarcoat it, but you're going to get the best results possible uh, down the road with being consistent with this stuff if you try to progressively overload yourself. So I hope that made sense and I, and I hope it helped. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. That's going to wrap this one up. I appreciate all the questions. Like I said, make sure you follow me. I do Q and A's on Instagram uh, every Thursday and uh, we'll do another one of those here this coming week. And uh, I got that launch of coaching applications coming up. So make sure you stay tuned. I'll have more information on that here in the near future, but we're going to open up things uh, around the end of August uh, to, to help you manage all of this stuff as we get into fall and, uh, you know, help you not only continue to, I guess like not only la limit the damage <laughs> that comes with fall and the holidays, but like, screw that. Let's like actually continue to make progress. I will help take all the guesswork out of things for you and we'll just continue to crush it. So, uh, looking forward to that. Check out the links in the show notes to learn more and I will talk to you again soon.